Well, is this the correct microphone? Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. So, <clears throat> um, Heidi, you can, when you talk, it's a portable mic, so you can talk like that. Okay. Um, it is going to be podcast, if that's all right with you. Is that all right? Um, you can put notes up here, no notes. You can do whatever you want. I don't do notes. All right, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm just telling you what we got up here. You can stick it in here if you want. Okay. What are, uh, all right, well, let me do the introduction to you, for you. So we're going to start with a movie, or not a movie, but a, <laughs> a little video. Uh, so Heidi uh, works and is the director of a pregnancy clinic, correct? Crisis pregnancy clinic. And uh, it's been around for quite a few years. She's been the director for... Two years, there you go. And uh, it's an amazing place. Uh, I highly recommend you all visit it sometime. Uh, and maybe as a group, we could visit. I'm hopeful that somewhere down the road, she'll, she'll tug in your heart. Um, and we, as Remedy folks, would be able to, I don't know, adopt this ministry somehow, be involved in this ministry. You know, we've been talking about that for a while this year, what what ministry we would we would adopt and get involved in, because they're always needing volunteers. They're always needing lots of things. So um, it's literally, I, w I would suggest maybe it's over dramatic, but she's in a position to be involved in people making life and death decisions. Um, I don't know if it's every day, but it's every day. Um, uh, I can't imagine the stress of that, the um, uh, the prayers that go into it, the uh, the dramatic part of it. But she'll explain all that to you. So listen up. Glad you're all here, and uh, we'll see uh, see if God tugs on your heart uh, more or less. So, all right, Heidi, I will give it to you. to exercise the demons from the always works out that way. Well I wasn't sure if we went through any kind of technology stuff. Well when I saw this, that's when I was like that's yeah it's pretty easy to do. I'm planning on going off to college. Planning on going off to college and to the western slopes and I used to be playing softball and it seemed like I had just the world in the palm of my hand and uh, less than 24 hours before leaving for college I got the news and found out that I was with child and that was a big big turning point in my life it seemed as though just the world just in the palm of my hand and in a moment my dreams are shattered I thought 
So, can you hear me? Is this on? I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Okay. That's why I'm talking into it. All right. So, um, again, my name is Heidi Matsky. I'm the Executive Director at Alternatives Pregnancy Center. I've been there two years. And uh, the reason why this story is so um, precious to me is because this is my little sister's story. And I happened to be sitting on the couch um, waiting for her to get home from her doctor's appointment. And like she said on um, the video, we were packed and ready to go. She had a full ride scholarship to Point Loma down south. We were in Denver at the time and I was going to Grand Canyon and um, I was just waiting for her to get home from that doctor's appointment. My mom and I were going to hop in the car and we were going to drive to school. So when she says literally it was the day we were leaving for college, she found out that she was pregnant. Grew up in a Christian home, um, very pro-life, very outspoken about our faith. And um, as a matter of fact, when I was sitting on the couch waiting for her to walk in the door, um, I saw her drive up and, and come in and she literally just collapsed on the ground and said, I'm pregnant. And I think it's really easy for us um, as believers who have never experienced an unplanned pregnancy to make very quick judgment calls on what it means to be pro-life. Um, but until you're in those shoes and until it is your future that's on the line, um, we don't fully understand the ramifications of an unplanned pregnancy. And um, as um, the executive director, I'll get into how, um, how I got brought to APC in just a minute. But um, so it was Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Denver that actually walked my sister through a pregnancy test, an ultrasound. And really, like she said on the video, um, she had a mentor that really walked her through her entire pregnancy. And then a year after my nephew um, was born. 
And 21 years later, I have a nephew who is a youth pastor at a church in downtown Denver and who is engaged to be married in December and is very pro-life, as you can well imagine, (laughs) and very outspoken about his faith. And so my husband and I from Denver um, came to Sacramento back in 99 and heard that there was an alternatives pregnancy center here. And I told him, you know, because of what we watched them do with my sister, not being the exact same clinic, they're not affiliated, same name, same vision. Um, I told my husband when we got here that I really wanted to get involved. And so we began to financially support them. And then about five years ago, my husband came on as um, a board member. And then um, I am, my husband's a pastor at Sun River Church. Um, We've been here for 18 years at Sun River Church. And I have a 15-year-old daughter that goes to Bella Vista. She's water polo. And I have a 13-year-old son that goes to Gold River Discovery Center and is a big golfer. And so I am, I tell you that because I am in the thick of it with my own teenage kids. And um, about two, about three years ago, I, um, I felt God preparing me for a huge change in my life. And I'll never forget saying to a friend of mine, I had been working part-time as a, um, uh, um, at Principal Financial Group in Roseville, um, doing, selling health insurance for churches for 18 years. Um, the guy I worked with uh, was like a father to me. And he's getting ready to retire. And I just knew that God was preparing me for a big change. Had no idea what that change was. And I'll never forget um, coming home from um, Bible study. I was actually teaching women's ministries in the book of Hebrews. And I was teaching on the fact that in Hebrews chapter 9, you know, God wrote the book of Hebrews to the Jews. And it was for the Jews really to prepare them for this massive transition that was happening in Jewish history and Jewish culture. And if you can imagine being a Jew and you have grown up with um, the Mosaic law and all of these ways of sacrificing and relating to their to their God, a, a, a system that God himself had kind of set up for the Jews that strictly separated them from the rest of culture. Um, In the book of Hebrews, Jesus had come and he had resurrected, but yet the Jews were still worshiping and still sacrificing in the temple. And we know that God had come and prepared a new way. And he was doing away with this old sacrificial system, and he had come to prepare a new way, a way that they didn't understand, a way that they didn't fully, you know, we have the the beauty of knowing the entire New Testament. They didn't have that. And so God very graciously was preparing his people for this massive shift. And uh, I came home from Bible study that night after sharing that with a group of ladies, and I, um, uh, my husband came in after a board meeting and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know that I resigned, um, from the board. And I said, why would you do that? We love alternatives. And he said, because their executive director is resigning. And I really think you should be the new executive director. (laughs) Um, a very, very, very scary moment in my life. Um, I'm a pastor's wife, which means I have a bullet on my chest. 
And now I am the executive director of the most politically charged nonprofit in America. So just put a bullet on my back too. <laughs> um, so a very scary moment. And it was really a time in my life where I, I, I fully had to practice what I truly believed. And that was to take up my cross, to deny myself, to take up my cross and to follow Christ wherever that path led me. Um, I cried myself to sleep that night. And uh, my biggest fear being the fact that my husband's in full-time ministry. I will be in full-time ministry of a nonprofit, which is double (laughs) full-time. And yet I still have the responsibility of raising two children in the fear of the Lord. Um, And we all know Some of us know as pastor's kids what it's like when your parents are trying to save the world and yet you get left behind. And so that was a really scary thing for me. Um, And one of the things that I I did that night is I just just prayed, you know, Lord, your, your will be done. And the next day, got up, did my devotions as usual. In the morning is my time with the Lord. And um, my devotions just happened to be on... um, Abraham sacrificing Isaac on the altar. And my devotions really basically said that anything that you sacrifice on an altar before the Lord um, will only reap blessing. And um, so that was, in a way, something that I really clung to when I stepped into this role as executive director of the most politically charged nonprofit in Sacramento. Um, I stepped in it at a very scary time of Alternatives Pregnancy Center's history. We are getting ready to celebrate our 35th anniversary. However, um, when I stepped into this role, I literally had one payroll left and no staff and really no medical staff (laughs) and not really even knowing, um, not really even having um, being a medical clinic and not even having a registered nurse. And I remember thinking, Lord, you have no idea what you're doing. Why on earth would you bring me this blonde, five foot nothing, suburbia pastor's wife to do this ministry to um, a very different culture? And um, <laughs> I felt him say, you know what, that's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> and really, um, I also felt him say, you're right, you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. And that's why you better hang on tight, you better be face down before me every single day, and you better be willing to surrender to me and and follow. Um, And when I make this ministry successful, you get no credit for it, other than the fact that you are obedient. And in three years, two and a half years, God has completely, God has completely turned this organization around. Um, One of the things that was really, again, scary for me, the very first week I stepped into this role, um, you will find when you go down to Alternatives Pregnancy Center that many of the people that volunteer there have a story. And so when I walked in that first week, somebody came to me and said, so Heidi, what's your story? And so I began to share with her my sister's story and how my sister's story, because she chose life, there's this ripple effect of life that takes place. And I have this beautiful 21-year-old nephew who's a youth pastor. And and as I began to speak to her, I watched her immediately begin to shut down. And I continued to talk about my sister choosing life. And uh, later that night, got in my car and drove home and you know, doing like we do when we have conversations where we're like, we're not quite sure why she responded that way. Like, 
we're in a we're in a pregnancy clinic where you know we get excited when people choose life and um, it wasn't till that night as I was prayerful in bed that the Holy Spirit kind of smacked me up my side my blonde head and said um, basically Heidi you know what I have certainly called you to this ministry um, but the most important lesson that you need to learn and you need to learn it very quickly and that is one in three women and men do not have that same story. One in three. Inside and outside our churches. It doesn't change. Statistics don't change. And one in three do not have the same story of life and the same story ripple effect of life. And you need to learn that really quickly because God has called Alternatives Pregnancy Center to be a beacon of light in Sacramento. There is no doubt about that. And he has called us to proclaim the beauty of life that he creates with a woman in the midst of a crisis situation. But on the very end of the spectrum, he has also called Alternatives Pregnancy Center to Sacramento to proclaim a message of hope and healing and recovery to a woman who has experienced and is bound by the sin of abortion. And very few people from a pulpit setting are communicating that message to a woman who has experienced the pain and loss of abortion. And so there is this wide range of spectrum that God has given us at Alternatives Pregnancy Center. So who are we? Alternatives, again, has been around since 1983. We are a licensed medical clinic in Sacramento. Basically, about 15 years ago, our medical director, Dr. Vanson Wong, who currently is an OBGYN with Kaiser, um, had been performing abortions for years. And he sat in a um, Bayside service one Sunday morning where Ray Johnston just happened to be talking about abortion, which you really do not hear from a pulpit today. And not only was he talking about abortion, but he was talking about abortion from a medical perspective. And basically what Ray Johnston said, um, uh, uh, Dr. Wong basically said that it was because of the medical accuracy at which he described abortion that God literally began to pull the scales off of his eyes. And at the bottom of, of the... Um, the program that morning was Alternatives Pregnancy Center. And it just so happened that Alternatives was looking for a medical director in order to go medical. <laughs> so that day, uh, he reached out to Alternatives Pregnancy Center and um, had a, a, a meeting with our executive director at the time. And it was then that Alternatives was able to become a medical clinic because of Dr. Vanson Wong. And today is a believer, was an atheist, um, is today a believer and has been, you know, helping and volunteering at Alternatives for the past 15 years. So um, Alternatives, basically the services that we provide. So um, last year, um, we, um, we do free ultrasounds, free pregnancy testing. Um, we do... Um, Prior, prior I'm, I'm speaking of last year, not 2017. So last year, pregnancy testing and ultrasounds and then parenting classes is really what we did. Um, last year, as far as 
April 17th of 2017, um, we were able to add two new services. One is abortion pill reversal therapy, and we added free STD testing. So what is abortion pill reversal therapy? So many of you, many have been told or don't understand the difference between the morning after pill and the abortion pill. So the morning after pill is exactly as it's named. You take it the morning after, you have intercourse, and it keeps the, um, the embryo from attaching to the lining of the uterus. Um, the abortion pill is different. So basically in our culture today, there are two kinds of abortions that take place. There is a surgical abortion and there is a chemical abortion. Surgical abortions, you go into the doctor, you decide you want an abortion, um, you sit down, you have a registered nurse present, you have a medical um, doctor present, um, they numb you, there's no pain that you feel, um, and they remove the remnants of what's in a woman's uterus. A woman does not see it, she gets up, and she walks out. A chemical abortion, however, is very different. A chemical abortion, basically what happens is if a woman chooses a chemical abortion, you simply take a pill. And as a result of it just being a pill, this younger generation is basically choosing chemical abortions like crazy because you take a simple pill in their mind and the problem goes away. But what we're finding today is women that experience the abortion pill experience incredible PTSD because of what transpires as they take that abortion pill. So the abortion pill, you go into the doctor, you say, I want the abortion pill. They give you the first pill. They basically document the time that they take it. You stick your tongue up, tongue side to side, make sure it's swallowed. They document it, then they send you home with a series of four pills. You're told not to leave your home basically. Um, and in 24 to 48 hours later, you take a second series of four pills. The first pill causes the starvation process. It blocks the baby from absorbing progesterone, which is what a healthy baby needs to grow and be, have a viable sustaining pregnancy. Um, so the first pill basically starves the baby to death. The second pill that's taken within 24 to 48 hours later basically causes the uterine contractions and a woman is told to stay home, do not leave your home. And so like the enemy does in our lives with sin in general, most of the time these young women, um, no one knows what's going on. They are by themselves in a bathroom um, experiencing the pain that goes along with it, no doctor present, no nurse present, no pain medicine, and a woman goes into labor. Um, this is goes on for a woman up to two and a half months pregnant. So a fully formed baby is about that size at two and a half months. And then a woman basically has an abortion in her bathroom. And a baby at that point is either the remnants are either flushed down the toilet or cl cleaned up from the floor and thrown in the trash. Um, it is traumatic because you see a fully formed baby. And in 20% of the cases, because it takes five full days for a baby's heart to completely stop beating, um, a baby is flushed or thrown in the trash with a beating heart. You don't know that because they don't talk about that. Even 
at Planned Parenthood or in those places, they don't talk to you about the start to finish effects of abortion because when sin is kept hidden, sin it, it it's the enemy has all power. But when sin is exposed to the light, it's rendered what? Powerless. That is why the ultrasound at our clinic is so vital to what we do every single day. Um, so we added abortion pill reversal. So you talked about, I talked about the abortion pill. So what is abortion pill reversal? So basically this year, because we recognize that we are in the fight against abortion and we recognize that, that, um, that the abortion pill is really the next generation of abortions that we knew we needed to get in the fight. We are a pregnancy center that fights against abortion. And so, um, we knew we had to be in this battle. Um, it took a lot of effort and a lot of money on our part because we had to go out and buy a full-blown malpractice policy to cover the costs of this. We are the only clinic in Sacramento that will help a woman that's in the midst of, of, of a chemical abortion. Not Kaiser, not Dignity Health. No one will step in and help a woman that's in the midst of that process reverse its effects. So again, what? Do, how do we reverse its effects? So if a woman has gone to Planned Parenthood or any other abortion clinic and requested the abortion pill and has taken the first abortion pill and decides that they've made a terrible mistake, um, what they will do at that point is a lot of them will get on the internet and start to search. Is there any reversal for this? Is there anything that I can do? Do I have to take the second series of pills? And there's all kinds of stuff on the internet about abortion pill reversal. So a doctor down in Southern California, his name is Dr. Delgado. Since 1999, he's been performing abortion pill reversal services and has saved hundreds and hundreds of babies as a result of it. Um, so there's an 800 number that they will call. They will get in touch down south with a, with a, um, a registered nurse who will then determine where that person is located geographically. If they are in the Sacramento area, then they immediately get connected with our clinic. We will meet with that patient anytime, day or night. Um, basically, um, it's an emergency situation at that point. And so we will meet them down at the clinic. Um, and we will immediately provide an ultrasound for that woman. Um, the purpose of the ultrasound is strictly to determine viability. It's to determine whether or not the baby's heart is still beating. If the baby's heart is still beating, then we administer progesterone. And a woman basically takes double doses of progesterone in the morning and at night to basically refeed um, the baby um, from the progesterone that has been lost. Um, we know it works because two years ago we helped a woman and she delivered a healthy baby boy a year ago and she was our gala, um, our gala story this year. And that story will be available in a week on our website for you to view. Um, but uh, abortion pill reversal is, again, we're the only clinic in Sacramento that helps a woman in the midst of this. It's very um, scary time for for a woman and yet we're here we're here to be available and to help so we also added std testing this year for free why std testing the purpose for adding std testing is because and treatment is because we really want to establish a relationship with clients who are sexually active because we know if they come to us and our services are free and we can let them know all of the services that we provide then that gives us an opportunity to be an influence to them down the road when they when they're in an unplanned pregnancy situation 
So we added abortion pill reversal and we added STD testing this last year. Um, one of the most exciting things that we've experienced here recently is um, we just had our gala for life. And I got to speak um, to the salmon group um, the week before, two weeks before our gala for life. And um, God has done a miracle in a month's time. So basically a week before our gala, what our goal was to raise $150,000 and to have um, and to have 500 people at our event. Um, the week before, we only had 238 people registered for our event, which was a really scary, scary time for me as the director. Um, and so we fasted and prayed as a team. And just, you know, what we realize is that this is God's ministry. It doesn't belong to us. He sustained it for almost 35 years. Um, and so if he wants it to continue, he'll continue it. And um, we just gave the ministry back to God. And I actually went to my board and said, I f um, I, I'd found an ultrasound machine in one of our closets that basically would bring our clinic about $10,000. And we gifted it to a clinic down south who was looking to go medical. And I told the board, I need to do that. I need you to allow me to gift it because it is basically my, my faith offering back to the Lord to say, I trust you. This is your ministry and something that, you know, could bring our clinic $10,000 I want to give and I want to be a blessing to another clinic. And so um, the very next Tuesday from the gala, um, we had 486 people registered for our event. And um, it was my dream to bring in $150,000. The clinic has never seen $150,000. When I first came, our goal my first year was $90,000. God brought us $111,000. And I, I, I'm only saying this to you because this is God. Like I said, I had no idea what I was doing when I came here. So this is truly all glory to God. The second year gala, we looked to bring in $115,000, and God brought us $133,000. Um, this year's gala, one week with only half of the people registered, our goal was 150000 and God brought us over $308,000. So I tell you that because God is on the move in big and powerful ways at Alternatives. And as a result of the donations since then, I've had almost $200,000 additional come into our clinic. Um, $500,000 in a matter of two months. And as a result of that, what that is going to allow us to do in, in a matter of three months is expand our services in Sacramento to be a fully fledged prenatal OBGYN clinic that offers all of our services for free to the community. And it's my dream within the next three years to plant an alternatives next to every Planned Parenthood in our community. Um, so... We're going we're gonna to do it, we're going to do it for free, and we're going to do it better, and we're going to do it with the hope of the gospel. Um, and so uh, God has paved the way. And I, I want to share with you a little bit about the journey that God has brought me on to this point. I have been in the last um, month and a half really you know, marinating in the book of Joshua. I am in, am in a precept study right now. And um, prior to all this happening, even even um, as I was speaking to the salmon group, um, God has overwhelmingly given me parallels between the book of Joshua and what I am currently in the midst of doing. As you look back in Joshua chapter 1, God was giving the Israelites this land, this promised land. Um, and in one of the commentaries I read, 
um, basically God was giving them over 350,000 acres of land. And yet the Israelites only inhabited 35,000 of those 350,000, um, like in, in the course of taking over the land. Why is that? Because the Israelites continually ch chose to walk in fear. And that has been a huge, huge um, application in my current life. God says, Heidi, I want you to go take the land. He may not give me all the land in, in, um, in the United States, but he has certainly given me Sacramento. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in the time of the Israelites, when they were going to inhabit the land, the land was filled with Canaanites. And the Canaanites worshiped the God of Moloch. And the God of Moloch was the God that they sacrificed their unborn babies or their, their uh, babies to. So um, again, just this incredible parallelism. Um, when, when God's word says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He asks you to do that. And he promises to do that when your heart aligns with God's heart. When your heart aligns with God's heart and God desires to protect unborn and to help women in the midst of a crisis situation and to be a beacon of hope and light in this community, he is going to go before you and he is going to help you. He is going to clear the way. But there are giants. There are incredible giants that we face. And there are not only giants that we as a clinic face, but there are giants that a woman faces when she walks into our clinic. And yet God has called us to a great and mighty work and a great and mighty cause. And so this next year, like I said, we are growing. And not only are we growing um, our services to include prenatal, OBGYN, cervical exams, STD testing, HIV testing, breast exam, well woman visits, uh, ultrasounds, the whole nine yards. Um, but he's also calling us to be an incredible hope in a, in a community of darkness. So the one challenge before I open it up for questions that I have to you is I don't know where you're at in a room like this. Like I said, there's one in three statistics prove that one in three have experienced abortion. Um, but one of the things that I want to challenge you with wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord is that there are no shortcuts to holiness sexually in your life. There are no shortcuts. Uh, pornography rewires your brain. You may think I'm not going out and having a se sex with another woman. I'm not spreading STDs, but pornography is rewiring a man's brain to not, in a woman's brain, it's not just men, um, to uh, making them, making it difficult to continue in a personal, one-on-one, -on -one, God-ordained, loving, marital relationship. There are no shortcuts. Um, STDs are prevalent. What's so scary about today, and I know this because I have a 15-year-old son who's going through, um, you know, sexual health ed class right now, and we've had lots of conversations. <laughs> but what's so scary is that what kids are taught today is that if you put on a condom, it's safe sex. But what kids aren't being told is that when you put on a condom, you can still get syphilis. And syphilis not only is going to ruin your life, but it's going to ruin your part future partner's life. 
And if you get pregnant and either of you have syphilis, your baby will be born with blisters all over its body and most likely will die an early death. No one tells you that. No one tells you that there are over 25 million new cases of STDs every year. Women, moms, walk into our clinic with their daughters and ask if we provide contraceptives, ask if we provide the pill. Moms think that they're doing their girls a service by giving them the pill because guess what? Then we don't have to worry about whether or not she gets pregnant. But what this mother does not understand is that she has just given her daughter a license to have sex and is exposing her daughter's body to be ravaged with STDs. 25 million new cases a year. No one is telling our youth that today. No one. It is all about what you want, do what you want, uh, live your life for you. There are no shortcuts to holiness. There are no shortcuts to the life that God had originally ordained between a man and a woman from the beginning of time because that man and woman relationship was supposed to reflect Christ's love for the church. That's why there's marriage. That's why we protect marriage. As I said to my my 13-year-old, honey, it's not rocket science. You know, God created a man's body and he created a woman's body. And when they fit together perfectly, they create life. That's what God ordained and designed. And that's his intention in our culture today. I sat, being a pastor's wife, I was sitting with a a young group of gals at church. And um, there was a young girl that was new to the the group. And um, bless her heart, we were talking about sex that Sunday morning and not I wasn't even talking about it was this not you would think that because this is what I do that's what I do there I was not that at all and my husband just happened to put this young lady in my group and and um after we had had this discussion and actually we were watching a video of uh, Francis Chan that he had done um, just about purity and sex and um, we got in our small groups and afterwards I just opened it up. I just said, so, so what do you think? And this young woman basically folded her arms and looked me straight in the eye and basically said, well, I just want you to know that I am an atheist and I am a, a um, homosexual and I love women and I've had an abortion. And she just went on and on. And it was her way of just kind of like, and what does your God think about that? And at that point, I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> words, Holy Spirit, speak now. <laughs> um, but, and he did. He truly did in that moment. Because what God spoke through me, I believe, was directly from him. And I just grabbed her hands and I just said, oh, honey. I said, if you knew the love of your heavenly father, if you knew that God predestined you from the beginning of time, that he spent nine months forming you perfectly and beautifully in your mother's womb. He did not make mistakes with you. And you knew all the care that he went into. When you hear God knit together a baby's body in the womb, when you hear those words, I envision my grandma who spent day in and day out knitting. But can you imagine God didn't stop knitting for nine months? For nine months, he knit and wove you together perfectly. 
And when you know that you have a God that predestined you from the beginning of time, who created you perfectly and beautifully in your mother's womb as a result of a relationship, and you knew that that same God has pursued you your entire life and to, in order to have a relationship with you, went to the cross and paid a gruesome death so that he could redeem you back from your world. When you know a God like that, when you experience a love like that, it no longer is about what I want sexually. It's no longer about what I choose sexually and what I want for me. You let everything go and you run as fast as you can into a loving God's arms like that. And you do everything that you can in this life to honor him with the life that you've been given. When you know and experience a God like that, you will never turn back to, oh, well, I'm a homosexual or I'm a this or I'm a that. Because your only goal in life at that point is to know that God intimately and to live every moment serving him in any way you possibly can. And so that's kind of my challenge to you guys tonight. Alternatives is, exists um, in our culture today to bring a message of hope and life. It's our mission to offer hopeful alternatives to women in unplanned pregnancy situations. Um, I would love for you to get involved. There's all kinds of ways to do that. So knowing what God has blessed us with this next year, where are we going? So I already shared that with you clinic-wise and expansion-wise. I invite you to come down and take a tour. Um, but one of the ways that you can get involved personally is this next year we're launching a Give 35 campaign. And what I'm asking churches is I'm asking churches to get involved by one of three ways. Either number one, to, to make a one-year commitment to come down to see our clinic to catch the vision, and to give $350 a month for one year. Or number two, to find 10 people in your church that will give $35 a month for a year. Or to host a baby bottle campaign, which is a great opportunity where we bring a bunch of baby bottles to your church. We share our story and our mission with your congregation and why we do what we do. Um, and then pass out baby bottles. People fill it with cash change and checks and bring it back to our clinic. And that's really what is going to sustain us month after month. And then personally, we're asking families to give $35 a month for one year. Um, but before we ask for that commitment, we want you to come down and see it firsthand. Um, because it's easy for me to stand on a platform like this and talk about what we do. It's very different um, when you come down to the clinic and you actually physically see what we do. So along with our um, medical services, our parenting classes, um, our post-abortive recovery classes for women that have experienced abortion and need healing, we have post-abortive classes. Um, we also, um, like I said, uh, we have this parenting program. And when a woman chooses life, she gets to come to the clinic on a monthly basis. She gets to basically... Um, select whatever it is that she needs to know about how to be a parent. Many of the kids that come into our clinic, and I do mean kids, I've had um, three 12-year-olds last year, um, never held a baby before, don't know the first thing about changing a diaper. So we believe that God has ordained every single life that steps through our clinic doors. And we believe that we have a powerful influence um, in the lives of, of people that come to our clinic that wouldn't necessarily step foot inside 
at church doors. And so a woman can come, you know, and immediately learn what it is that she needs to know at that point in time. Um, if she is experiencing postpartum depression, how can you identify those signs and symptoms? We'll walk her through that. If she has a colicky baby, how to swaddle your baby correctly. Um, if you're going through potty training, we, we teach you about that. If a woman is having issues with, with nursing or breastfeeding, we have a lactation consultant on staff. So we really have an incredible opportunity to walk a, wo a woman through not just choosing life and parenting, um, but through, you know, the, the prenatal part and then a year after um, a woman has, has um, given birth to her precious baby. So I just threw a, a lot at you. Um, if somebody were to ask me, one, one last thing, if somebody were to ask me, you know, what has been one of your biggest challenges, I will tell you that um, as a pastor's wife, I would have thought that naturally, we were going to get supported by churches. <laughs> and what I learned really quickly is that um, because of the political nature of who we are and what we do, that, I, you know, churches have a really hard time getting involved in what it is that we do, which is tragic. And I think part of that is for lots of reasons. I think that there has not been a good representative um, probably that can represent, you know, a woman that has experienced abortion um, and a woman that is in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy situation. Um, and I think that a lot of pastors just really struggle. They, they want to talk about it, but they've never experienced it. So how do I talk about something and, and bring light to um, a very controversial topic when, um, when he hasn't really experienced the pain of that? And so, like I said, one of the beautiful things that we get to do at APC is we get to not only you know, help a woman choose life, but we get an incredible opportunity to, when a woman has not chosen life, to help um, redeem her and to help give her freedom and to encourage her in that walk of restoration and healing so that she can use that very sin as a platform in which she is going to serve other women and walk alongside other women. And so um, we need churches. We, we need support in, in that kind of way, especially if we're going to follow through with the lofty goals that I've made for our clinic in the next couple of years. But again, I believe that um, God is paving the way for that, to for that to happen and for that to transpire. So, okay, I will stop. Questions? You had one. Did you have a question? Uh, no, I was oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. So along with our brick and mortar clinic, we have a full fledged Mercedes Benz that has a, a ultrasound on it an exam table and a restroom. And we basically go out into the community, high sex traffic areas, and we serve the community with all the same services that we do on our mobile clinic. Um, basically, the challenge that we faced with that right now is a lack of medical personnel. Um, we only have one registered nurse and she's either in the clinic or she's on the mobile. So we have been over the last two years very limited in how often we can take the mobile clinic out into the community. Um, but um, two weeks before the gala, God brought us a physician's assistant and since then he's brought us a nurse practitioner, which is what is going to enable us to become a full-fledged prenatal OBGYN clinic. And uh, they came to me and basically said, um, we want to raise all our own support. We don't want any of our pay to come out of our budget. That's a total 
another I if I could tell you miracle story after miracle story it would blow your mind what God's done in such a short period of time so yes and so um, we have two uh, right now. We have two nurses that are going in February to be trained to do ultrasound. You have to be a registered nurse to do that. And so, yes, um, our goal next year is to be able to operate our mobile clinic really five days a week versus what we're doing now. Yeah. We've had three 12 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. We basically see 12 year olds up to 40 year olds. Like the whole range. Horrifically, a lot of them. Absolutely. Um, we have, um, I'll tell you a really quick story. One of our clients from two years ago when I when I came, came to the clinic because um, she was going to have an abortion and she wanted to have, she knew we did free ultrasounds. And so she came to the clinic to basically get a free ultrasound so she could have a picture to remember her baby by. Um, and she was leaving to go have an abortion. And um, actually, it was, again, through the power of, of an ultrasound unit that exposed her. In her eyes, it was the size of the baby's head. Its head was so big, they couldn't, she couldn't believe how big the baby's head was. She was a lot further along than she thought she, she was. And, you know, some women, it's the heartbeat. Some women, it's the hands or the feet or, you know. Um, but for this young woman, it was the size of the head. And so as a result of it, 16-year-old girl, um, scared to death, no parental support. Um, obviously no job she's in the middle of high school and um, she was not knowing what to do and as we spoke with her she she realized that she really wanted to keep this baby but she didn't have the support so that's where we step in and we are her support system and so we shared with her all the services that we provide Um, she ended up keeping her baby she went through our entire program and a year ago, she came and sat in my office because she had graduated from our program. And she said, Heidi, I graduated today. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm so proud of you. Look at what God has done. In the midst of that, she learned about who God was and she became a believer. And she's um, in an incredible mentoring relationship. And so as a result of it, she um, sat down and said, you know, this is this is not a this is not a happy moment for me, even though I'm graduating. And she said, "Yep, her child was there. Yep, yep." And she was walking around my office, actually carrying a frozen microphone, singing in it. <laughs> and um, basically, what she said was, "You know, this isn't a happy day for me. You guys have been my only support system since I've had this baby, and I feel like you're abandoning me." And so I said, oh, my gosh, which, you know, I could totally understand why she would feel that way. And so as a result of that, we started a Bible study with her that she would come back to. But ultimately, I told her, we are not your end all the churches and so you need to get plugged into a mom-to-mom group you need to get plugged into a church and if you can prove to me that you're plugged into a church and you can come back to the clinic and prove that to me every month you can continue to come and get all the resources you want but I 
you know, ideally we want them plugged into a church and in healthy growing relationships with the body of Christ. Yeah. I'd hope that they, uh, I let, that, let some other people have some yeah, questions. Yeah, sure, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of touched on the last question. Um, how do you guys help, uh, like, these moms that decide, you know, to, to have a baby, like, go about life if they don't know how to do all this and they don't have support from home? Um, so, so, like, other than parenting classes? Yeah. We absolutely, so we have that we have community churches that we're partnering with, and that's really what we're trying to grow and expand on this next year. And we take a woman in her zip code, wherever she is, and whatever churches that we partner with, we try to get her plugged in. Now, there is some, there is some, um, you know, there are HIPAA rules and regulations, and so we cannot communicate with church staff of a woman that needs help. Um, she must seek them out and then tell them that she got her information from us. So there is, because we're a, a medical clinic, there's HIPAA involved with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is ultimately, I mean, ideally, that's what we want. We want them plugged into churches and being loved on and poured into um, day in and day out by those that can sustain a lasting relationship with them through the long haul, you know, yeah. And from a practical standpoint, if you go down, and I think we should do a, a field trip, if you will, to mm-hmm. go down there sometime. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can see they have baby clothes, they have diapers, they have... Yeah, so we have a we have a whole so I I I didn't finish that. So we have a a program called Earn While You Learn and they take the classes and then they earn fake money, which then they take that fake money just around the corner and we have this full-fledged um basically nursery nook that's full of diapers and wipes and clothing and blankets and um maternity clothes and anything that a woman material materially needs to be successful as a parent and she um we get to bless her with that all of that material stuff that you'll see when you come down is donated by churches um and it's it's a full-on little boutique um and we get to we get to bless her with any anything that she needs It's, I, I get asked that all the time, and I, I wish I had an exact number, but it, it's very challenging. So as a clinic, we have a total, um, we call, it's our eCairo database, and it keeps track of every, every client that comes in our doors, the services that she provides, if she's abortion vulnerable, if she is a happy mom. We, we get a lot of happy moms that come in, and the only reason why they're there is because they don't have health insurance and they want an ultrasound, and yet we love giving happy moms ultrasounds because, you know, it's, it's about life. It's about the beauty of life and getting excited with them. Um, and so, but what's really difficult is that we can, a, a client can check abortion bound and you can do an ultrasound and you can think that she has chosen life and we do follow up appointments and never hear back. Um, so it is really hard to put a distinct number on it, but we serve 1500 clients a year. Uh, for free. Um, And we have a complete breakdown of how many diapers we give away, of how many ultrasounds we do, how many pregnancy tests we do, STDs, abortion pill reversal clients. Um, Every year we're we're very detailed about that so that we can track it from year to year. Yeah. Yep. Um, So God knows.
Absolutely. Yeah. And um, the reason why our clinic is such an ideal location, especially when I talk on this on a on a platform um, and at churches. So I'll get, yeah, I'll let you know. So the reason our clinic is so ideal for that is because a lot of women inside the church don't want to expose the fact that they've had an abortion. They're not ready. Like I said, it is the deepest, darkest secret of a woman or a man in the clinic today, right? Alongside of pornography. Um, and most women will never allow anybody into that place. And that's why I say one in three, it's so important that somebody is communicating um, just, uh, uh, um, you know, freedom from the bondage that the enemy has had them in. I kind of equate it with The Walking Dead. I mean, truly, if you've seen the show, we have a lot of, of believers that have experienced the pain and loss of abortion and the enemy has them bound and they're not living um, in freedom. At, they're not living fulfilled Christian walks as a result of the fact that they're their sin and in this setting I will say abortion is sin um, we think in our culture today that the word choice was something that was granted to us back in 1975 when Roe v. Wade went into practice a woman has a right to choice um, but I beg to differ because back in Deuteronomy God said I set before you life and death Choose this day who you will serve. Basically, choose life, he says. As a matter of fact, he was the one that said it. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Um, that was a choice that was given to us by God a long time ago. <laughs> it isn't new to our culture, um, and our culture still today lays before a man and a woman a choice. You can choose life or death. And in today, he still says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. And so women who have experienced abortion can call into our clinic. They can let them know that they're interested in an abortion healing program. And we do it either one-on-one -on -one, or we do it in a group setting or we do it in a retreat. We do it all different kinds of ways. So if a woman wants to go through healing, um, at our clinic one-on-one, -on -one, we set that up. If she wants to do it with other women, then we do that as well. And it's really kind of a first come, first serve um, basis, and they're they're throughout the whole year as as the, as as it's needed, basically. Yeah, um, and it's great because again, it takes a woman out of her church environment to be healed in a manner that she can then, and like I said, many of the women at our clinic have experienced abortion and that's why they're there. They're there to use the very thing that the enemy wanted to enslave them in to not only um, live in freedom, but to help other women in that very same decision as well. So. How can 20-somethings help? Would they be considered too young? No. No, there are lots of ways to get involved. I mean, you can help with our gala. Um, you can help be on certain committees that we have. Um, you can even help 
we do, if you want to meet one-on-one with a client, we have about 28 volunteers that are basically our first line of defense there who meet one-on-one with clients when they walk in our door. Um, but you go through a very intense training. It's a, it's a three-day-long training that has ongoing shadowing that takes place. And for me, just reestablishing the importance of that as I took over, um, and I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say hard on my client advocates, but I just want them to know the severity of what it is that they do that you know you're not just coming in sitting down one-on-one meeting with a client helping them through a crisis situation Um, you are in the battle for life and death and so I want them in a growing healthy relationship sanctifying relationship with the Lord I want them on their knees continually I want them prayed up you know with the armor of God as they walk in their doors because if they are not they are a liability to our clinic Um, and we it's 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 a big deal um People don't realize it, but we fight for for life every single day. It's funny, not funny, but one of the one of the churches that came recently, um, a church that I've been after for a couple of years. But he ba- basically they were vetting us to see if if we were worthy of their um, offerings and support. Um, and I love it. I love I love being challenged. So she came in and just started throwing darts at me like. How often are you in the black? How often are you in the red? What's your mission, vision, values? What's your five-year strategic plan? Um, What is the gospel? I love that. I love it when people ask me that. Um, And at the end of it all, um, it was great. Again, love it. At the end of it all, um, she basically said, I just want you to know that our church, um, if we choose to support you, um, then, you know, we might support you this year, but we may you know, support a backpack organization next year. And um, the hair on the back of my neck just kind of starts to stand up a little bit. And, um, you know, I went home that night and I told my husband, I I rate and I know I'm the executive director. I know I'm passionate for a reason. But I told my husband, I said, you know what? If we are at a place in our churches where we choose a backpack organization over a ministry that is above reproach in every area, that offers free health care to women, that helps a woman that's in the midst of a very crisis situation, a situation where a woman is going to go right or she is going to go left. She is, our clinic is a place where she comes, she's stepped foot in a church doors, we share the gospel with her, and we keep a baby's body from being ripped from limb to limb. If our churches are at a place where they would rather put backpacks on little kids than support what we do. We are in a really, really bad place as a church. So, um, you know, again, I know I'm very passionate about that, but that is the reality of what we do every single day. Go ahead. I have not. Mm-hmm. But they also create movies from time to time mm-hmm. that kind of go of just interviews with random people on the street mm-hmm. and kind of give a gospel message, but with a kind of uh, a spin on it. Mm-hmm. The 180 movie come, uh, goes over sort of, it, it talks about abortion a lot, mm-hmm. and it sort of parallels that with the Holocaust in mm-hmm. Germany. Mm-hmm. Because what abortion really is, is genocide. It absolutely and, is. Mm-hmm. Unborn babies, right? Because of inconvenience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's happening. 
mm-hmm. and the fact that you know the American citizens are kind of indifferent towards it or mm-hmm. don't want to get involved. Like you said, churches aren't really like willing to <laughs> Thank put you. themselves out there to help. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary because mm-hmm. we would never imagine thinking, well, no, 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 no. You know, if people were were you know mass genocide in our country, we would never let that happen, right? right. Like we would never be like Germany. Mm-hmm. But it's happening in mm-hmm. our backyard, and there's more more people dying mm-hmm. than, than than. So it's so important that your culture and your day and age and your generation knows that and understand that. As a clinic, though, I want you to I want you to hear me in the fact that we walk very carefully, getting into the politics side of things, um, because. You know, we are there to meet the practical needs of a woman in an unplanned pregnancy situation. And um, all th- we don't, I don't encourage, nor are we standing on sidewalks um, with signs. You know, we feel like this is the ministry God calls us to. That ministry is is effective as well. Um, we had an abortion clinic right around the corner of, from us um, that after 41 years, um, this last May 5th closed down, didn't move shut down um we actually had our mobile clinic parked um at their entrance every abortion day we didn't do anything we just parked our mobile clinic there as the alternative right (laughs) um and after 41 years of of being there on um ethan way um they shut down on may 5th which was a pretty incredible day but you know we we just really it it's so important that you guys recognize that and that you see that but i also challenge you to 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 find the balance between the genocide part of it and the redemption part of it and and when you speak um, make sure that when you speak you you're really trying to balance grace um, with truth and love Um, otherwise you are a resounding noise Oh my gosh. So um, every woman has a different fingerprint. And we know that, but every woman's set of circumstances is so different. And, um, you know, what's led them up to the choices that they've made is different. What has made them enter into a relationship where they are now pregnant is also different. And just a woman's future is so, so hard to pinpoint. But what I will tell you is there was a record. I don't normally meet with clients one-on-one, but because I've been mentoring um, women for gosh, 20 years now. That's really scary. I'm old. Um, uh, I I had a woman that was just this last week recommended to meet with me personally. And so she came in. um, She, you know, um, beautiful young woman in her mid-20s in a relationship with a guy that she's, you know, had for several years and recently found out that, that, um, that he's a heroin addict and um, in the midst of that found out that she was pregnant and now is realizing her future um, is grim and doesn't want to have a baby who has a crackhead dad and doesn't want to be associated with that and now has a whole future to figure out how she's going to financially pay for herself 
um, you know, just fear, fear, um, fear, fear on so many, what will people think? Um, what will I do financially? What, um, how, how am I going to provide for this baby emotionally, mentally, physically? Um, how is the dad going to be involved in the life? Um, do I want the dad involved? Um, what does, you know, dual custody look like at my age? Um, I don't want to marry this. I mean, it just, it's on and on and on and on. It's facing the giants. And, you know, the beauty of that is that I get to do in that situation is sit across from her and let her know that God doesn't make mistakes. And if God is currently knitting together a life within you, then it's meant for your good. And um, what we think sometimes is punishment is actually God's graciousness and gift to us to actually redeem us from the place that we're at. And that's the message I get to send to women in that situation. So fear, you know, just like entering the promised land, there are major giants in front of you. And it is a, a time when you either are going to trust yourself or you're going to deny yourself, take up your cross, and you're going to follow Christ. And you're going to do it, you know, obviously not knowing where you're going and what you're doing. And it's a day-in and day-out decision. This could be biblical or political, mm-hmm. either which way. Mm-hmm. Is there, a, in your mind, mm-hmm. a justifiable reason to abort? Um, never. <coughs> God doesn't make mistakes. Right. I kind of figured that would be your answer. <laughs> so when, when does... At conception. conception. Absolutely. Okay. You can't have life without conception. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you guys, like, I know you guys have, like, the plans for if they decide to keep the baby. Mm-hmm. Or, um, mm-hmm. But do you also, like, if they're, like, like 16 or 17 or mm-hmm. 18, do you have, and they're, like, not financially stable, do you have, mm-hmm. like, do you offer them, like, the option of adoption, or do you just... I love that question. Um, And actually, when we sit down with a woman, we present her with all her options. She lives in today's culture. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's true that in our culture today, whether you're in a crisis pregnancy center or you're in Planned Parenthood, you know, you have the ability to parent. You have the ability to give your baby up for adoption. And you have the ability to have an abortion. I mean, those are your choices that you have been given. And we're very upfront and we talk about abortion in our clinic. We're not afraid to use that word. I mean, that's that's what they're up against. And, you know, what's so funny is, you know, there's this whole political movement about, you know, um, having to post and refer for abortions in our clinic. That was the big law, AB 775, that we faced, where um, 
they, like abortion clinics were basically forcing us, the, actually the government was forcing us to post in our clinic for abortion and refer for abortion, um, <clears throat> and which is compelled speech. That's wrong. Um, but they were forcing us to do that. And the thing of it is today is women in all culture in our day and age know that abortion exists. And they know where to go get an abortion. <laughs> you know, Planned Parenthood is all over the place. And so, um, yes, absolutely. And we partner with Bethany. There are a lot of adoption agencies that we partner with. Last week, I or, uh, a couple of months ago, I actually sat with a young couple who um, she knew she was pregnant. They were getting ready to be married. Um, he didn't know she was pregnant. And uh, when he came down to the clinic, brought her to the clinic, um, not only was she pregnant, but she was due in like four weeks. And um, as a result of it, you know, they, um, he really wanted her to give it up for adoption. They were supposed to be married in a month and a half. So his world, whole world just kind of fall, fell apart. And so we had Bethany, which is an adoption agency, come to the clinic and meet with them just to inform them. What are your rights as a, as a, uh, for adoption? What does an open adoption look like? What does a closed adoption look like? And just, you know, education is power. Um, you know that. We all know that. Just informing them on a more practical level, what does adoption look like, especially this far along? Yeah. Go for it. I love uncomfortable questions. Absolutely. Um, we see women who've been raped. We've seen women who are sex trafficked. Um, we see abusive situations on a consistent basis. Absolutely. And very carefully. Yeah. I mean, these, like I said, they're um, the women that meet one-on-one -on -one with these ladies are are trained on how to interact and help a woman in the midst of a crisis situation and then identify with her how we can help her and we are never in a place to tell a woman she needs to or has to choose life you know that is especially in the situation of rape um, one of the most horrifying situations but I will say that God does not make mistakes period whether it's rape whether it's incest he does not make mistakes and if you choose to believe him in the midst of that traumatic situation, he will do miraculous things in a person's life. Yes, you can choose abortion, but you can also choose life. And he will. And he has seen it time and time and time again. So um, sometimes as a guy, uh, it feels like... Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. It feels yeah. like, you know, I'm sort of talking out of shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you maybe give us some advice, like how to approach the situation if we are a guy mm -hmm. and engaged in a conversation on these issues, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in an effort to come across like as loving and, and caring, but also, you know, presenting truth? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that, the, the, and you know this, is that we, we go to Scripture. I mean, it's, it's God's Word to us, and what He says is, is undeniable, and there is that balance of, of grace and truth and love 
Otherwise, you're a resounding noise. And I think just like in any other crisis situation, um, you're in, hopefully you're in the conversation to gain understanding and not to change somebody's opinion or dissuade them one way or another. Because um, in our walk with the Lord, you know, when we know that God's there to love us in the place that we're at, regardless of what we think, regardless of, you know, whether what we believe is right or wrong, or you believe what they think is right or wrong, we're, we're there to influence and to hear and to listen um, and to ask questions. And then we're them there to um, graciously walk alongside them. And if I would say if you're not at a place where you can really do that for the long haul, I would be really reserved in what you say. Um, if, if you're at a place where you can bring someone probably better than me to speak, um, then I would say do that. If you have an opportunity to uh, come across a woman who has been there and done that, allow her to share her story on a platform or with someone who is in that situation. Um, but, you know, it, it, we want it to be about right and wrong. And we know that in our walk with the Lord and as we shepherd um, the next generation, that, that that's not our call. Um, and, you know, ironically, today I was sitting with a woman that I had given a tour from, from a church. And, you know, she was making mention of the fact that, you know, um, because she is um, head of pastoral care at her church. And she was talking about, you know, the difficulty in what she does because, you know, she she wants to help a woman who is in this situation. And she sees that she needs to take her from here to here. And yet, you know, there's this bridge that needs to happen. And she's trying to figure out how to bridge that gap, you know. And, you know, I just simply said that, that that's not your job. It's not your job. Um, our job is to be a help and to point people to Christ. And the, the bridge is the Holy Spirit. And that's what convicts and that's what brings a person from here to here. And um, we have the privilege of, again, being there for a woman in the midst of a crisis situation, which will bond you to a, a woman really quickly. Um, if she allows you in that place and then to prove to her that we don't just care about whether or not she chooses life, we get to walk that journey with her. Um, and so, you know, just listen and love just like Christ did, you know, and pray for the Holy Spirit to intervene in powerful ways that through without even saying words, you know, it's just, that's, and then find opportunities to let other people share their stories that have experienced that. I have all kinds of women who, who will share their abortion story. And that then opens the platform for people to really experience true healing. Um, I mean, unless you have a story. You know, because there are men who were supposed to be aborted. I, I will say that the week before the gala, I went and... Um, I had a, a, a business owner say, Heidi, I, I'm interested in, in supporting your ministry and, and being a table host at your gala. And he said, <laughs> he said, will you come down to, to my office? Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to see your sponsorship information. And so I said, sure. So I went down there and before I asked him for money, gave him the spiel of what we do and how we did it and yada, yada, yada. And and, um, and I, you know, he said, so what, so what's your sponsorship levels? And I kind of laughed because I was like, well, I mean, this year we have a $15,000 sponsor, although 
We've never had a $15,000 donut before. <laughs> and then we have 10 and 5 and 75 and, you know, just talking to him about our different sponsorship levels. And, and he looked at me and he said, well, I'd love to be your first platinum sponsor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just I started crying, actually, um, because I came to sell him a table. <laughs> and and yet he wanted to give me fifteen thousand dollars. And I just sat there and cried. I mean, it was just totally God. This is, again, the week before the gala, two weeks before the gala. Crazy, crazy stuff. And he said, no, he said, I need you to just stop crying. I need you. To, I need you. I need you to hear why. <laughs> OK. Um, and he said, Heidi, he said, you need to know that I just received an inheritance of $151,000. Um, and I received the inheritance from my grandfather who wanted me aborted and referred to me as the bastard child my whole life. And uh, now the joke's on him because I'm going to use his entire inheritance to save lives. You know, if you've got a story, that's pretty powerful, you know. He gave me 15100 with the promise of more. <laughs> um, but that was, I mean, he's got a story and he needs to tell it. Um, and I get to tell it for him sometimes too, you know. If you've, yeah, it's, God's awesome. God's awesome. All right. One more question. We say it's a baby <laughs> with a heartbeat that's growing inside of you. <laughs> that's what we say because it is a baby. Um, the um, the in Sacramento, I think the youngest baby born is at twenty one weeks. Um, that has born and lived at twenty one weeks. Um, you know. Basically, when you look back at Roe v. Wade and why Roe v. Wade was passed was because we did not have the technology that we have today to prove that it's a life, um, to prove that it's a baby. Um, I'll never forget sitting with a, a woman just probably three weeks ago, She, an older woman who shared with me that she was um, a registered nurse that was put on the abortion um, uh, uh section of of her um hospital and you know this is this is of course you know 20 years ago but she tells story after story of um a woman who was having a late-term abortion and basically when women would come in if they wanted an abortion they would go this way if they wanted a baby they would go that way um they basically took all of those women off of the prenatal or OBGYN floor and put them on a completely different floor and then this registered nurse would help them labor and deliver a dead baby 
And many of the young women that delivered these dead babies that are fully formed would horrifically say, oh my gosh, they told me it was a blob of tissue. And you have a fully formed baby that's blue and dead laying on your chest, you know. So um, it's horrific. Um, It's not a blob of tissue. At two and a half months, I have stages from the time of six weeks um, to the time, you know, a baby is fully formed. At at eight weeks, the baby's body has arms and legs and a face and a nose and ears. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's purposeful. It is a baby. <laughs> if it wasn't, what would we be afraid of? If it wasn't a baby, then why are we having this argument? <laughs> I mean, because we wouldn't have to fight about anything. Oh, it's a baby. So that's how we refer to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we wanted to share that or not. Yeah. Can you share it now or you want to share it? Well, you can pass it around. How how old is the fetus? The baby? Um, my, fetus. my wife and I are, are with child, so we're about 14 weeks. Pretty cool. Oh, young man. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and how, how old is the how old is the baby in that picture? Right now? Or no, no, in the picture then. Well, I have multiple. I have one from eight weeks. <laughs> And again, that's why an ultrasound is so powerful. Um, you don't, you know, what the enemy keeps keeps hidden. A woman, you know, if they, you know, if they don't know what's going on in their mind, and they can keep their mind, you know, lodged between between unknowing and exposing the truth of what's going on, you know, then they can make decisions in a vacuum. Um, but the moment you see the reality of an ultrasound on a screen, the moment you have experienced the life that's growing within you, it's completely, it's a complete, it opens a completely different world. And there is no denying what God is doing. No denying. Um, so. so if you find, if somebody shares with you that they're pregnant, get them down here, get them to a, at, at, 
at the very least, get them to an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so um, to wrap it all up, if, if there's two things that I could ask of you. One, I brought in my purse downstairs just these little cards that have our information on it and that we do free pregnancy testing, free ultrasounds, free STD testing. We do abortion pill reversal. Um, like us on Facebook. Share us on Facebook. Um, share these cards with other teenagers, sexually active teenagers that you know. Um, um, begin to share what abortion pill reversal is. Nobody knows about it. It's a service that nobody even knows exists. Um, you know, share it. Talk about it. Um, don't be afraid of, of the conversation. And um, number two, if you would just really, you know, if you're a prayerful group, if you would just be praying for God's hedge of protection around our clinic, because again, we've got, we're, we're, we're fighting an ugly battle and um, we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood. Um, and not just that, but, you know, for my own family and my own kiddos, that God would be honored and, and glorified in their lives as well as they experience a, a dad who's a pastor and a mom <laughs> at the age of 15, a dad who's a pastor and a mom who's the executive director at a pregnancy clinic. <laughs> my daughter is kind of in the midst of a dating relationship right now, and it's funny to watch her when people say, what do your parents do? <laughs> I kind of feel bad for her. <laughs> but also, they're super proud. So, you know, both of them are super proud, too, so. Anyways, I, I'm so grateful that you guys took the time to listen. I talked a lot and that you care enough to, about this subject to hopefully help others. And, and I hope I've given you some wisdom and insight. And, and if I've said anything that's offended you, then feel free to call me out on any of it and or call me. I'm more than happy to have that conversation. So. Thank you for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule to be here. I've been Especially when you got a family. This oh my gosh. <laughs>